testimonies and we just very briefly looked at 2020 of saying 2020 is normal, good, healthy eyesight 2020 and we were wanting to have clarity for the way ahead as we looked to the Lord for help and we were confident that God was going to hear us if you remember that strap line from the verse for this coming year and today I wanted to very briefly just emphasize our vision together that we captured a year ago and wanting us to just reflect back on it and in the care groups the care groups will be reflecting back on it because we want this to be meaningful and not just a nice little poster and uh, so uh, I'm not going to do an exegesis in any great detail on the lost sheep but I am going to bring that into the conversation um, as we share this morning hopefully you've all got um, a little uh, well bookmark that's the idea of it a bookmark so that we're just reminding ourselves and we're making it live for us we we said that we wanted to be welcoming to all and with a heart to serve God inspired by the Holy Spirit to make Jesus known so that lives can be transformed Amen indeed welcoming serving transforming it's our strap line if you like they are kingdom principles that we're seeking to live in our lives and at the beginning of 2020 I want it to be the forefront of our minds and our hearts as to reminding ourselves of what are we about and how do we seek to uh, fulfill the desires of our hearts as we've encapsulated in that sort of um, little uh, uh, vision statement there as we come around the Lord's table in a few moments this table speaks of love it speaks of welcome it speaks of serving and it speaks of transformation as we come around the Lord's table this morning it speaks of the love we are called to love God with every fibre of our being Kevin quoted it right at the beginning our Jewish friends pray it at least twice a day from Deuteronomy that they would love God with all of their heart with all of their mind with all of their strength it's what Jesus said was summarising all of the laws and the prophets and it's something that we have to certainly I do I don't know about you I have to intentionally choose to do each day maybe that little prayer at the beginning of the morning even if it's a quick arrow prayer Lord I'm intentionally wanting to love you with every fibre of my being and of course Jesus added on to that and to love your neighbour as well just like yourself and we realise this doesn't come naturally to us all it's a struggle it's a difficulty but we need to be intentionally for God so loved the world or replace that with your name for God so loved you that he gave his one and only son so we're called to act in such a manner that we're living proof of a loving God and loving God has that knock on effect 
of loving each other. The welcome, serving, transformation, it springs from a well of love for God first. We've got to get that right, because otherwise the rest of it is not meaningful. It's not deep enough. It won't last. We need the love of God within us. We need the Spirit of God within us in order to allow to pass that on, if you like, to those around us. That's not always easy, we know. But we need that to be vibrant in our lives. We aim to love, not necessarily to be loved or liked in return. That's not an easy one either, is it? We all like to be liked by everybody and loved by everybody. But the call is that we love anyway. Jesus is a perfect example. Everybody didn't love him. Everybody wasn't shouting hallelujah. What a great comment that was, Jesus. I'm right behind you. The the cross tells us differently. So we are seeking to be welcoming to all welcoming to all welcome we're glad you are here and in Luke 15 there the opening chapter we see that Jesus is accused what's he accused of? welcoming sinners and he eats with them they said welcoming sinners and he eats with them The challenge is that we step into places we would rather not go. Offering love and welcome to people we would rather not meet. But isn't that godlike in welcoming? Do you remember the extract I read to you last year? I'm going to read it again because it's a powerful statement. It was on a church bulletin in one of the churches in Florida, and you may not like all the phraseology of it is, but it's challenging um, about welcoming. It said in the church bulletin, we extend a special welcome to all who are single, married, divorced, gay, filthy rich, dirt poor. We extend a special welcome to those who are crying newborns, skinny as a rake, or could afford to lose a few pounds. (laughs) We We welcome you if you can sing either like our music leader or even like our pastor. I'm only reading what it says on here. Or you can hardly carry a note in a bucket. You're welcome here if you're just browsing, you just woke up, or you've just got out of jail. We don't care if you're more Catholic than the Pope, haven't been in church, haven't been in church since little Joey's baptism, or have never been in church ever. We extend a special welcome to those who are over 60 but have not grown up yet. And to teenagers who are growing up too fast. We welcome single parents and gay parents and all parents and starving artists and tree huggers and latte sippers and vegetarians and junk food eaters. We welcome those who are in recovery or still addicted. We welcome those who are having problems 
or are down in the dumps and those who don't like organized religion. We've been there too. If you blow all your offering money before you arrive, you're welcome here. We welcome those who think the earth is flat, who work too hard, who don't work, who can't spell, or who are here just because Grandma is in town and she wanted to go to church with her. We welcome those children who run down the aisle, those who need an arm to lean on, those who see and hear with assistance, and those who don't miss a word or note or gesture. We welcome those who are inked, pierced or both. We offer a special welcome to those who could use a prayer right now, had religion shoved down your throat as a kid, or you've got lost in traffic and you're wound up here by mistake. We welcome tourists, seekers, doubters, bleeding hearts, and you. Now be honest, I suspect there may be a number of those characters that you might struggle to welcome. And that's the challenge from God's Word that we welcome all. It may help you to understand that welcoming all doesn't mean that we agree with everyone's lifestyle choices or beliefs. And that's why Jesus could welcome all sinners not that he was agreeing with what they were doing or what they were saying, but it was a God welcome with open arms. I mean, did, did you agree with everything that Jesus was saying and doing before you met him? I suspect not. But thankfully, he welcomed you with open arms. And then the changes began. Not before so we're not a church who says get yourself sorted with God first before you're welcome we say come just as you are warts and all and let's pray that in that godly welcome we might see a godly transformation in people's lives Jesus' purpose in befriending and welcoming sinners wasn't to join with them in their sin but was to save them from it. We read when Paul wrote to Timothy, he said, here's a trustworthy saying that deserves full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am the worst. Well, if Paul's saying that, you better get in the queue. The Greek word used for hospitality as part of welcome in the, in the Bible literally means the love of strangers hospitality from a scriptural point of view means the love of strangers we know that the Old Testament commands the people of God to treat the aliens and the strangers as one of your natives born to welcome them in feed and clothe them I wonder if you remember when you were an outsider 
and you were welcomed in and now you belonged I wonder when you, if you remember when you was an acquaintance with the folk around you and now you become friends when we've welcomed each other in we seek to love and to welcome the stranger because that's Christ like behaviour the shepherd left the 99 and went looking for the one that was lost I don't know about you but when I thought about this scripture again you know and we can put you know oh, oh isn't that lovely it was an illustration Jesus was using that would have been familiar with them but the good shepherd would have probably done that I'm not sure about any other shepherd well I've got 99 I'm not going to risk life and limb for that stupid sheep who's cleared off I suspect that was my reflection anyway but the good shepherd went and risked life and limb to find the one that was lost to bring it home. It was the woman who hadn't given up looking for that lost coin until it was found. God hasn't given up looking for those that are lost. And it goes on in that beautiful chapter there of lostness and foundness if you like of the prodigal son and the father, the father graciously and lovingly welcoming home the prodigal son so, so we come welcoming to, ho- to all God's love made visible to those who are near and those who are far that all may come home and what about the servant heart I am zapping for it, honestly. What about the serving? Serving with a heart, with the heart of a servant. The Bible says that even the Son of Man did not come to serve, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I wonder how many times sometimes we sit and we expect to be served. Well, the service isn't very good in this place. And our attitude ought to be, I've come to serve. Because that's Christ-like. I've come to serve. And you know the consequences of when everybody's coming to serve, there's an outward ripple that we all receive something. Even the Son of Man came to serve and offer his life as a ransom. So Paul goes on to write, so do nothing out of selfish ambition. Serving. That's God's grace made visible in words and in actions. He came to the poor and the outcast, to the sick and the bereaved, to those with plenty and those with little. The king of the universe was found one day washing disciples' feet. The king of the universe was found one day hanging on a cross so that we would be forgiven so that we might be rich in the things of God. You see, the servant heart, Jesus, showed us that greatness in God, in God's kingdom, is not about wearing a crown or bossing people around. Greatness in God's kingdom is about serving God and serving others. A quote from the Sunday Express said, Most people wish to serve God 
but in an advisory capacity only. <laughs> and Paul says service, he gives us the picture, doesn't he, of the body and of all the parts serving and working together. As I've said to you before, thankfully we've all got a body and we know sometimes there are bits that are not working so well and other parts of the body compensate to help it keep healthy and work well. Paul says, now you are the body of Christ and each one of you is a part of it. I want to say thank you for the part that you're playing and serving in the body of Christ. You see, this place grinds to a halt if the body of Christ doesn't serve one another or serve our community. It isn't all about, dare I say, me. It's never, ever about me. It's about him whom we've come to serve. And so, thank you. I really mean that. And on behalf of the elders too, thank you for the part that you play in serving in the life of the church. But I'm also conscious that there are some folk who might be serving overtime and actually, if they're not careful, be grinding to a halt because others are not standing in some of those gaps and serving. So I want you to be challenged. And if you're feeling uncomfortable about that, well, then I pray that might be the work of the Holy Spirit and not me. Lord, what part can I play? Where can I be of some earthly use to you here in Whitard Road? So that the cogs are all oiled, if you like, and we're all interconnected, and we all work well together for the kingdom's sake. It's easy to serve to put ourselves out for those who don't deserve it. For those who deserve it, sorry. But what about those who don't deserve it? And Jesus consistently sat and mixed with those who didn't deserve his love or help, like you and me. It's challenging, isn't it? It's tough. It's not easy. It's peasy, this stuff. Welcoming to all. Serving with a heart of a servant and then people of transformation transformation Tim Keller the writer says and pastor says here's the gospel you're more sinful than you ever dare believe and you're more loved than you ever dare hope let me say it again here's the gospel you're more sinful than you ever dared believe and you're more loved than you ever dared hope. This table is a table of welcome, of serving and of transformation, of lives being changed, a table that offers forgiveness, a table that offers the love of God demonstrated in the cross Christ Jesus, a table that brings the supernatural peace of God which passes all understanding, a table that brings new life and new hope. This is a table of transformation Paul writes to the Corinthians and says for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved it's the power of God 
and the lost sheep was found and welcomed and we know that it was thrown around the the shepherd's neck or under his arm and we hear the scriptures saying and all heaven rejoiced because the one that was lost was now found and that life was transformed as I did the prayer walk with some of the folk yesterday morning around our community and we were giving out pushing through the letterboxes the alpha invitations I was reminded I have to say as I was pushing through the letterbox and I was, as I was praying Lord may this land on the right doorstep for somebody who's seeking and wants to know you now and uh, but part of it is thinking Lord is any of them going to respond do you know the most powerful invitation is not shoving it all through the letterboxes the most powerful invitation is that personal invitation that you thought of someone and you prayed for them and you plucked up the courage and saying I'm not sure if you're interested or not but however you want to say it but rather than answering for them I know they're going to say no at least give them an invitation and maybe pray that God by his spirit might be at work upon them and it might just come at the right time for them that they might come seeking God afresh but the other thing as I was walking around and pushing things through the letterbox was um, I came into somebody's garden on Barclay Road there and there was a rose bush that had got buds on it fresh buds they weren't hanging over from last year fresh buds and were, were, were coming to bloom and I looked at it I thought that's impossible that doesn't happen in January and I had another little voice in my head saying I've just wrote, wrote it down here so forgive me I'm just trying to saying reminding me that even through the winter months of our lives God is able to break through and do what appears to be impossible It's God who does all the transformation. It's his power. It's his authority. But surprisingly, he chooses you and I to work in and through us. We're called to be light where there's darkness. Let's not hide it under the bush. Because the community around us, those families around us, they need us to be shining that we might attract them to the light of the world that light brings comfort brings reassurance do you remember when you used to have the little night light as a child we had one anyway and once the little light was on you felt a bit safe it's childlike but there's something about the light of the world coming and shining in the darkness bringing hope into the darkness we're called to be salt and scripture says have you lost your saltiness and salt is used to preserve perhaps in the heat of the day we're called to bring some sense of keeping power and preservation here in our community the other thought that came to mind was having lived in Israel and gone into the Dead Sea that if there's lots and lots of salty water of course it lifts you up so when you instead of being overwhelmed the, salty, the thick salty water in the Dead Sea anyway 
It lifts you up. You cannot sink. You cannot sink. It lifts you up. And I thought, oh, if we were that salty water, like Dead Sea salty water, we'd be lifting up something of our community and our loved ones out of some of those overwhelming tsunamis, if you like, as we seek to be Christ-like. Welcoming to all, serving God with a heart of a servant and seeing lives transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. As we come around the Lord's table now, as we come standing alongside each other, I want to just encourage us now to just recommit ourselves to welcoming and serving and transformation together with God's power at work in and through us as we make a difference to people's lives. So, as we come around the Lord's table now, as an act of prayer, as an act of faith, as we come together seeking to welcome all, seeking to be a servant, seeking to pray God's transformation in and through our lives and into our community. Can I invite you to stand as we use some words on the screen here that you might want to use um, as a declaration in faith. I'm going to say the blue and you can, if you so wish, respond with the, the black print. We are called to be a welcoming community. The redeeming love of God. We are called to be a serving community. Generously giving from all that God has given us. We are called to be a transforming community making disciples of Jesus. If you wish to, then let's pray this together. This day, we give ourselves again to the Lord and to each other to be welcoming to all and with a heart to serve God, inspired by the Holy Spirit to make Jesus known so that lives can be transformed. Come, Holy Spirit, empower, strengthen and renew us that we may bring honour, praise and glory to our God. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So let's come to this familiar table. Simple and yet all welcoming and yet all powerful. As we think of how much God loved you when you were far off. Do you remember the story that just before Jesus' arrest 